Welcome to Defending Digital. I'm Chad Warner. Today's topic, email and text messages aren't secure. Use secure messaging instead. Have you ever needed to send someone a confidential message? Financial files to a tax pro? Your garage door code to a friend? A draft of your estate plan to your lawyer? An embarrassing question to your counselor or therapist? A photo that's only for your significant other? Do you use text messages or email for messages like this? There are a few facts that surprise people when I share them. One of the biggest I see is when I tell people that their email is insecure and their text messaging is insecure. People tend to believe that these messages are private and can only be viewed by the person they're communicating with. I'll tell you why email and text messages are not secure and why you should use secure messaging instead for confidential messages. The threats. Email and SMS or text messaging are extremely popular because they're so easy to use. To email, just send a message to someone's email address, regardless of the email service they use. To text someone, just send to their mobile number, regardless of the phone service they use. Unfortunately, the strengths of interoperability and ease of use bring the weaknesses of insecurity. Email threats. When you send an email, it goes from your device to your email service provider's servers. Your service provider stores the email for some time after it's sent and sends a copy through multiple servers owned by different organizations in different locations around the country or world. Eventually, it arrives at the email service provider of the person that you emailed. That provider keeps a copy of the email in that person's mailbox until they check their email. Then it travels to their device. Their provider may also keep a copy of the email for some time. Note, I've simplified this for illustration purposes. Any server along the way could make a copy of the email which they may keep even after both sender and recipient have deleted the email. Some email service providers will encrypt some portion of the path your email takes using encryption in transit. But in many cases, an email travels through multiple email service providers, and they may not all cooperate in encrypting email. So your email may be unencrypted during a portion of its path. Think back to your school days. Imagine you want to send a note to a friend across the classroom. You write the note on a piece of paper, then fold it in half. You hand it to the girl next to you. She looks at the note and copies it, then passes it to the boy next to her. He looks at the note, but doesn't copy it, then passes it on. The next kid passes it on without looking. It passes through three or more kids, some looking, some copying it, until it reaches your friend. This process is similar to what happens with unencrypted email. Some email service providers will encrypt your email when it's on their servers, using encryption at rest. But again, in many cases, an email travels through multiple email service providers, and they may not all encrypt email at rest. Even those that do encrypt email at rest can often still read the email themselves. This allows them to provide services such as spam filtering, malware scanning, and indexing so that you can search your email. But it also means they can collect data which can be used for targeted advertising or which can be accessed by a rogue employee or a hacker who breaks in. During the times that email is unencrypted, whether traveling, in transit, or in storage, at rest, it can be read and potentially changed by the companies that run the email infrastructure or by hackers or governments. SMS and text message threats. First, some quick definitions. Most people talk about text messages. Technically, when you send only text, you're using SMS, short message service. When you send pictures, audio, video, or other media, you're using MMS, multimedia messaging service. In this post, I'm gonna use text message to refer to SMS and MMS. When you send a text message, it goes from your phone to a nearby cellular tower. It's then relayed to your mobile service provider. The provider processes and stores the message. It then sends it to the mobile service provider used by the person that you texted. And that provider processes and stores the message. 
From there, it's sent to a cellular tower near the person that you texted. That tower sends the message to the recipient's phone. Note, I've simplified this for illustration purposes. The mobile service providers may keep the message even after both sender and recipient have deleted it. Some mobile service providers will encrypt the connection between your phone and the cellular tower, but not all do. And the rest of the message's path is usually unencrypted. Recall the example of passing a note in a classroom that I gave earlier. That process is similar to what happens with unencrypted text messages. During the times that a text message is unencrypted, whether while traveling or in storage, it can be read and potentially changed by the companies that run the mobile service infrastructure, or by hackers or the government. By the way, it's because of these and other security shortcomings that I do not recommend using text messages for two-factor authentication. It's better to use a hardware token or authentication app instead. How can you increase your security and privacy? There are steps you can take to increase the security of your email. But because of how email works, the more you secure it, the more of a pain it is to use. You need to jump through a lot of hoops. There's not much you can do to increase the security of texting, also because of how the technology works. So instead of trying to secure your email and texting, I recommend using secure messaging whenever you need to send confidential messages. Of course, you can use secure messaging all the time, but using secure messaging properly takes more effort than email and texting. So you may decide to use secure messaging only when necessary. The main thing that makes secure messaging secure is end-to-end -end encryption. This keeps data secret along the entire path from sender to intended recipient, so that only the intended recipient can see or hear it. It keeps data encrypted while in transit, traveling, and at rest, in storage. This prevents not only hackers, but also governments and even the companies transmitting the data from seeing it. Recall the example of passing a note in a classroom that I gave earlier. Now imagine that after you write your note, you lock it in a box using a key that only you and your friend have. Your classmates pass the box along, but they're unable to open it and see what's inside. Your friend receives the box and uses the key to open it and read your note. This process is similar to what happens with end-to-end -end encrypted messages. You may see certain messengers advertise that they use transport layer security, TLS, and that's great in that it encrypts data while in transit, while it's traveling, but it does not encrypt data at rest while it's in storage. The messages are still vulnerable when in storage. You should not settle for anything less than end-to-end -end encryption. To be end-to-end -end encrypted, generally you and the person you're communicating with need to use the same communication system. For example, you must both use the Signal app, or Apple's iMessages. That's one of the hurdles to secure messaging, and a major reason that secure messaging isn't as commonly used as insecure email and text messaging. Secure messaging systems. There are many secure messaging options, so I'll share a few with you. The one that's right for you will depend on how you message, whether you need to communicate by text, audio, or video, and whether you need to send files. If you use an Apple device, a Mac, iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, you can use Apple's iMessages system, which powers its Messages app. Messages sent to other Apple devices are end-to-end -end encrypted. However, if you send a message to someone who's not using an Apple device, so if the message shows up as green rather than blue, that message is going outside the iMessages system using standard unencrypted text message infrastructure. Also, be aware that iMessages are stored in your iCloud backup, which gives Apple the ability to access them. You can disable iCloud backup to prevent this. You can see the Apple iOS security and privacy guide I have at defendingdigital.com. But keep in mind that your messages sent to others could still be backed up into their iCloud accounts. That's a concern for other secure messages that back up to the cloud as well. 
If you're concerned about the privacy of your messages, consider using a different secure messenger. Apple's FaceTime is end-to-end -end encrypted as well and can be used for audio or video calls between Apple devices. WhatsApp offers end-to-end -end encrypted messaging, audio calls, video calls, and file sending. It's extremely popular, especially outside the US, which helps with the challenge of communicating with people who use the same system that you do. It's available for iOS, Android, Windows Phone, Mac, and Windows. Signal is the secure messenger that I see most frequently recommended by cybersecurity and digital privacy experts. It offers end-to-end -end encrypted messaging, audio calls, video calls, and file sending. It's available for iOS, Android, Mac, and Windows. Wire is another frequently recommended option. It too offers end-to-end -end encrypted messaging, audio calls, video calls, and file sending. It's available for iOS, Android, Windows, and Linux, and can also be accessed through the major web browsers regardless of operating system. I've also seen Wicker recommended by cybersecurity and digital privacy experts, and Facebook Messenger is also end-to-end -end encrypted using the Signal protocol if you opt into secret conversations. And you can see the Facebook security and privacy guide I have at defendingdigital.com. Facebook Messenger is extremely popular in the US, which helps with the challenge of communicating with people who use the same system you do. I've read that Whisper, Secret, and Telegram are not secure and private enough to use. As you think about which secure messenger is right for you, consider features beyond security and privacy. The EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, says, quote, security features are not the only variables that matter in choosing a secure messenger. An app with great security features is worthless if none of your friends and contacts use it. And the most popular and widely used apps can vary significantly by country and community. Poor quality of service or having to pay for an app can also make a messenger unsuitable for some people. And device selection also plays a role. End quote. The EFF has an excellent article that helps you think through what you need in a secure messenger. And you can find the link in the post that goes along with this episode, uh, as well as links to all of these messengers that I'm mentioning at defendingdigital.com. You can find lists of secure messaging apps in the further reading section of the post that goes along with this episode. Sending files securely. If you don't regularly use secure messaging, but you need a way to securely send files once in a while, consider Firefox Send. It's a web-based tool that sends files with end-to-end -end encryption. It generates a link for you to share, and you choose when that link expires. I recommend using the Protect with Password option. You should send that password through a different channel than you use to send the link. And you can send files, including zip files, up to one gigabyte. A similar tool is Treasurit Send. It too lets you send, set a password, though you can't set an expiration. And it supports files up to five gigabytes. Both of these tools and the companies that created them have good reputations for security and privacy. Secure email. If you want to stick with email but use it more securely, you need to find a way to end-to-end -end encrypt your email. There are a few ways to do this. Mailvelope is frequently recommended by cybersecurity and privacy experts. It uses a browser extension to add open PGP encryption to webmail services, including Gmail, Yahoo Mail, and Outlook.com. There are also secure email providers. ProtonMail is the one I see most frequently recommended. There's also Tutanota, Hushmail, and Zixmail. With secure email providers, you usually have a couple choices for dealing with emails sent to someone who isn't using the same e secure email provider. You can create a password that the recipient will need to enter to read your message, or you can send the mail unencrypted. I highly recommend using the password option unless you're certain that you don't need the privacy. You can also add PGP, OpenPGP, or GPG to your email client. 
That's the software that you use for sending and receiving email. The instructions vary based on the email software you use and the security software you select. So you'll need to look for instructions. What about Gmail's confidential mode? It has some nice features, but it's no substitute for secure messaging. It is not end-to-end -end encrypted. Google can still read the emails, and presumably so can anyone that Google grants access to. And Google stores the emails even after their expiration. The EFF, the EFF has a great article about this uh, that I linked to in the post that goes along with this episode. What should you do? One, think about how you exchange confidential information. Is it by text, files, audio conversations, video conversations? Two, think about who you exchange confidential information with. What software can you reasonably expect them to use? Three, research the secure messaging options that fit the use cases you've defined. Use the resources in the further reading section that go, that's in the blog post associated with this episode. Signal is a good option. Four, whenever you need to exchange confidential information, use the tools that you selected. You may need to help the person that you're communicating with use the same tool that you do. And five, when others send you confidential information via unencrypted email or text messages, talk to them about the dangers and how to use more secure options. You can even send them a link to the post that goes along with this episode. You can find all the links that I've mentioned, um, as well as a, a substantial further reading section uh, in the blog post that goes along with this episode at defendingdigital.com. I'd love it if you would take a minute to leave a rating and review in whatever app or site that you use to listen to this podcast. Also, think of a friend who's interested in digital security and privacy and tell them about the podcast.